Welcome back to Mommy Couch Confessions. It is I, your host, Rakilla Dene of RakillaDene.com, communication stylist and encouragement extraordinaire. On today's episode, we are going to talk about personal childhood traumas. Y'all, they are real. And some of us maybe grew up in situations where we didn't have to go without food or shelter or basic necessities. But that doesn't mean that some of the experiences that we endured were not traumatic. There are those of us who have experienced physical, sexual, mental abuse of some sort. All of those things are very traumatic. Why are we talking about childhood traumas as adults? Well, because the common thread on this podcast is we're moms or aspiring to be moms or we know moms. And it's imperative that we address ourselves because who we are and our experiences shape how we function in this world. The flip side to that is it also determines how we function in our parenting. And I remember, y'all, aren't we all? But I remember being the most phenomenal parent before I ever had children. Oh, I was going to read to them every night. They were going to eat whole foods. I was going to make the baby foods. There was going to be no tablet and TV time during the week and so on and so forth to raise amazing human beings in this world. Guess what? Not how it works, right? Not at all how it works. But then one thing I think many of us who have endured childhood traumas try to acknowledge is what we don't want, what we don't want to do environments we don't want to create, situations we don't want to repeat. But here's the reality. Until we fully address our traumas and come into complete acceptance of them in our lives, instead of just compartmentalizing or pushing them to the side, we will actually begin to recreate those very things in the lives of our children. As an only child, I grew up wanting fellowship and family and all of these things. And well, my mom was a single parent and there were no extra kids. So it was the dog and I. Renoir and I had a great relationship. And I got to a point where I just craved people and sounds and experiences and someone to play with. And now as an adult with two children, those very moments of like, I don't want my children to feel like they always have to be quiet or for them to be lonely. It is those things that I begin to crave because they are so loud. And kids are loud. Y'all, kids make noise and they break stuff and they jump off things and they climb things. And it is almost consistently like stimulation overload. Am I right? But in my quest to have all of these sounds and experiences that stem from a place of loneliness as a child, when I do get overwhelmed, I want to go back to that comfortable place that I know so well, right? Don't we all? We want to retreat as painful or as difficult as those times have been. It's what we're familiar with. And we're all usually most comfortable with those things that are familiar. But then what happens? How do you get kids quiet? Now, I don't know about y'all, and I apologize consistently to my children, but how many of you have yelled at your children 
because they get louder than the decibels that you can handle at the moment. You can't see me, but I'm raising my hand. Because listen, we all do it. We give them the warnings. We ask them. We plead with them. We bargain with them. And then eventually, we go off. And so end my hope of not creating lonely experiences or my children feeling alone. By the time I get to the point where their childhood antics have pushed me beyond what I can deal with as an adult, that's exactly what I do. You don't feel connected to a person when they're yelling at you, especially not when they're yelling at you and telling you that what you're doing essentially bothers them. Am I right? Just because our children are children doesn't change the reality and how these things feel and can be perceived. And two, one of the other reasons, and two, hmm, well, I'm sure we'll get around to editing that later, but one of the second reasons that we really need to address our childhood traumas is because when we don't, they will have a way of triggering us as we parent. Our children are mirrors of who we truly are. Not the adults that we engage the world as, not the employees that we put on face to be, but they show us the mirrors of who we are. The deepest parts of our hearts and our minds, our abilities, our strengths and our weaknesses, our children reflect back to us. And it's very easy to allow those things that are unhealed from our past to affect how we relate to our children. And if we're being honest, push us to react to them simply because we have not healed that hurt or we have not addressed that trauma. Y'all, how many times have your children come to you to complain about something? You know, mine, oh, I can't use my tablet. Oh, I'm so bored. Oh, there's nothing to do. Oh, I don't want to eat that. I would rather have, oh, I don't want to clean up. Well, all of these things, they affect us. And let's just be honest. When we've had enough, sometimes we don't just say, no, that's enough. Before we know it, our enough has caused us to send somebody to their room or created space for discipline. But really, it all started because our children were mirroring to us a place of hurt or weakness or insecurity, and we didn't like it. None of us really like addressing our insecurities. If we did, there'd be so many more self-aware people in the world because we would take the time to acknowledge and address and heal these things and move forward. But let's just be honest, these things hurt. They're painful emotionally, mentally, sometimes even physically. And doing the work of healing these wounds and these memories while also trying to adult in everyday life, multiplied by the responsibility of parenting, divided by whatever other responsibilities we have in this world, it's enough to say, you know what, I've made it this far, I'm good. How many of you are guilty of that? The I'm good. I, I'm good myself straight into a depression. 
I'm good. Somebody asks how we're doing. Oh, I'm good. How are things going? Oh, they're good. When really they're not. But that's our default and that's what we're used to. And we've got to start putting words and sincerity behind our emotions and behind our memories because otherwise we're being disingenuous to ourselves. And how many of you have heard the do as I say, not as I do, right? We did what we saw our parents do, not just what they said to us, but our children are always watching. They hear our messages to them about how beautiful or talented or smart, creative they are. But then they also see how we treat ourselves. They see how we love on and sacrifice for other people. Bend over backwards so that we don't have to say no and feel bad. But what they're also seeing at the same time is us saying no to ourselves. Us not showing them what caring for oneself looks like. But then we want them to practice it. And I'm not saying that we have to trudge back through the depths of the traumas that we experienced as children. Absolutely not. As a person who is a firm believer in therapy, who has a phenomenal therapist, I can boldly say that some things, it's okay for some things to stay where they are. Some hurts are just going to hurt. They will eventually heal if you do the work, but there may be a scar there. It's no different than falling off your bike. I remember at five years old, I fell off my bike and my pedal cut the top of my knee. And to this day, 30 years later, I have the same mark from my bicycle pedal above my knee. Does it hurt? No, but it's a reminder of that moment. And that's how we should allow our childhoods to be as great or traumatic as they may have been, because sometimes even the most painful memories are surrounded by moments of joy in childhood, and that conflict can be a lot to work through. But as we do, we find our strength. Because listen, first of all, acknowledging that things were traumatic is a lot. Y'all, cue the long pause again. It's a lot. And whatever the trauma it is that you've experienced or overcome, Sometimes that can be the thing that we use to define ourselves. You know, I am a survivor. I have overcome this, that, and the third. But here's the reality. That's not who we are. And we should not allow the sum total of what we've experienced to cloud the focus of who we desire to be and who we are as we walk through this world. And so as that relates to parenting, we don't want a parent out of a place merely rooted in survival. We want a parent from excess, from grace, from love, from joy, from abundance and long suffering, all the ways that our heavenly father gives to us in love and equips us to move through this life. That's where we want to be rooted so that we can love our children and raise our children and guide and help and prepare our children. 
And don't get me wrong. I know it's possible. I know it's possible. I've had seasons of that. And it's an amazing feeling. But I also have seasons where therapy gets rough and realities hit hard or new triggers are discovered or new insecurities show themselves. And so it's a cycle. It's a continuous process. It is a daily choosing. To give you a little background on where this topic comes from, why it's so near and dear to my heart. Growing up, like I said, I am the child of a single parent and I love my mother to death. And in that being alone as a kid growing up, I spent a lot of time talking to my toys and my dog and I saw and craved those relationships with siblings that, I, that other kids in the neighborhood had or my classmates had. And as I got older, I started to crave family. And so when people came into my life and they could be close like sisters or aunts, I thrived on that. And I held those people in such high regard and such high esteem. And I'm not gonna say to my detriment, because what's done is done. But because I so craved that a relationship or attachment, there was an individual who took advantage of that for about five years. And my desire to protect those I loved pushed me to keep that abuse a secret. And when things finally came to a head, it was a lot, y'all. That's a whole nother episode further down the line. But even in that, the message that I taught myself as a young child was, if you spend your energy caring for everyone else, then things will be okay. Don't think about what's happening to you. As long as the people you love are okay, that's enough. And y'all, we can't parent like that. How many of us know people who've been married for 20 and 30 years and their children leave home and they get divorced? That's because they've parented from a place of as long as everyone else is happy, I'm fine. And when there's no one else to parent, they realize they're not fine. There's no more I'm good. Truth and reality hits when the silence seeps in. How many of us know mothers who they seem like doting moms and they're just their kids are always dressed well and they're always coordinated and their homes are clean. But then we find out that they've committed suicide or they're suicidal. The reality is they've put the focus on everyone else being good and everything else looking good and they have forgotten about themselves. They've allowed those things to build up over time and compartmentalizing is easy to do. We all do it. Sometimes it's necessary to triage what's required of us at any given time in our roles throughout the day. But it is so, so important that we acknowledge our childhoods, good, bad, or otherwise, that we see the great parts, that we accept the flaws, and in those areas that cause pain or that there may be, I'll say, a scar associated with it, all we can do is acknowledge it and embrace it. It's part of our life story. We can't parent ourselves at this moment, but we can seek the resources so that as we parent our children, we don't commit those same cycles. 
And so as we wrap up today, I appreciate all of you for meeting me here again on the couch. I love our time together. And until next time, see ya.